Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about foreign exchange. The question is, what does foreign exchange tell us about our investments and our point of reference? You might be sitting in your living room or your office as you listen to this podcast. You think you're standing still, but in truth, the earth is spinning at 1,037 miles per hour at the equator, or roughly 70% of that at the 45th parallel. You're really traveling quite fast. But wait a minute. The earth is spinning around the sun at a speed of 67,000 miles an hour. You're not standing still at all. You're in supersonic flight and you don't even know it. You get the idea. When we talk of money, we tend to use our own currency as the point of reference. Maybe you use the U.S. dollar as the point of reference, or the British pound or the Canadian dollar. Maybe your point of reference is ounces of gold or Bitcoin. So when the dollar drops in value against the euro or the Japanese yen, you might not even notice. Well, this week, Mark Halfley, the chief investment officer at UBS in Zurich, said they're advising some of their clients to diversify their holdings into Russian rubles and Indian rupees. That's because they're expecting the U.S. dollar to lose value over the next year against a basket of foreign currencies. Currency markets have traditionally been driven by the most attractive currency, the highest yield. But lately, rather than being attracted to the best currency, traders are increasingly being attracted to the least worst currency. None of them are great. Interest rates in India are much higher than Europe or the U.S., Money deposited in an Indian bank account will get you somewhere between 4 and 7% a year. Mortgage rates are between 8.5 to 9%. The Russian central bank has kept their central bank rates at 4.25% in their latest guidance, and the Indian central bank set its rate at 4%. So investors in search of yield are placing a bet that neither Russia nor India will default on their national debt within the term of the bond's maturity. You know something's wrong when India and Russia are being put forward as an alternative to the U.S. dollar. So why would UBS be recommending this? Let's look at the practice of the U.S. issuing government debt for most of my adult lifetime. The Fed would print some cash, the Treasury would issue Treasury bills and sell them on the open market, and investors domestically and around the world would buy these up. The largest buyers for these T-bills have been traditionally the Japanese Central Bank and the Chinese Central Bank. Together, Japan and China own about 10% of the U.S. government's debt. Foreign governments own approximately 30% of the U.S. debt across all nations. But since the start of the pandemic, there's been an unprecedented printing of money. And last week, Joe Biden put forward another $1.9 trillion in proposed pandemic relief spending. For now, all this newly minted debt is going to be held on the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. The U.S. issued nearly $5 trillion of new money in the past year. It's hard to wrap your mind around these numbers. Currencies are affected by a variety of factors that influence capital flows, such as trade, investment flows, interest rates, and relative growth. When the U.S. economy is strengthening, it generally attracts inflows into the bond and stock markets from abroad, creating demand for dollars. And at the same time, as markets have experienced recently, when the global economy recovers, the dollar tends to weaken as investors search at higher-yielding investments abroad. It makes sense that foreign investors would be upset that their investment in the U.S. is being diluted at such a rapid pace. It also makes sense that foreigners would view the U.S. dollar as being worth less given the clear and continual dilution of the currency. So, what's the impact of lowering the U.S. dollar exchange rate? Well, for one, it makes the cost of imports go up in the U.S. 
The U.S. imports a lot of products from overseas and continues to have a balance of trade deficit with many of its major trading partners, including China, Europe, and Canada. The U.S., the price of oil will go up. Since oil and many commodities are denominated in U.S. dollars, we can expect energy costs to go up in response to the drop in the dollar. U.S. exports will appear cheaper in markets, and therefore U.S. exports will gain a competitive advantage. That could help the U.S. economy a little bit, but the U.S. economy is being impacted more by the pandemic than any true economic cycle. In order to maintain the value of the U.S. dollar, the market will want to see higher yields attached to those treasuries. So one of two things will happen. Treasury yields will rise relative to other major currencies in order to make the U.S. dollar more attractive, or the dollar will simply fall in value. Neither of these outcomes is particularly desirable. If the dollar continues to weaken, it tends to carry benefits for investors who are looking to buy more U.S. stocks and bonds. It can make those assets less expensive than they were previously. But if you are already invested in U.S. stocks and bonds, the value of your investment just went down. And many of the predictions I'm seeing are calling for a 10 to 15% devaluation of the dollar over the next year. Much of the increase in value of the U.S. dollar over the past year has been due to the flight to safety from other currencies. And the U.S. dollar was just seen as the least worse earlier in the year. According to the folks at UBS, they believe that as the recovery gathers pace, some of the more cyclical currencies like the euro and the UK pound will have upside potential. Expect a corresponding decline in demand for safe haven assets like the US dollar. So what does it mean for real estate investors when the dollar falls in value? It means the cost of imports go up. It means that we enter a period of higher inflation. It means the cost of construction goes up, which will ultimately affect the affordability of new housing. That in turn affects the cost that new buildings must charge for rent. That too can be inflationary. As we've talked about recently on the show, when inflation is the new game, the rules have changed and you need to align your portfolio and your investment strategy accordingly. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>